everybody. Hi, everyone. Hi, Becky. Hi, Dan. Welcome to The H Word. Thank you, and welcome to you. Yeah, and welcome to anyone who's listening. Um, And welcome to everyone who's listening. (laughs) And um, last week we had two episodes. We had two episodes, my goodness. Yeah, I got excited. What? What were you going to say? I mean, when a lot's going on, you got to have a lot of content. Oh, yeah. Well, because there's a lot going on, but like, I'm not allowed to be out fixing or helping or doing anything, so... You know, I got to keep myself occupied. Let's put a pin in that. I want to talk about that in a second. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, well, also the last episode, I was really, the, the obsessive part of me was like, no, episodes come out on Monday, so it can't, <laughs> can't come out on a different day. <laughs> Seriously. You mean the, the obsessive part of you? You think I'm all obsessive? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. It's a horrible thing I'm teasing for my, my best, best friend. friend to say to me. <laughs> I'm teasing my best friend. Um, oh, my God. But the... You saying that, like, the thought of being 100% obsessive made me... I felt it in my skin. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. But uh, then I was like, oh, it's okay, because it's the 13th episode, and I can release it then on a Friday. So somehow that... Oh, nice. So it's Friday the 13th episode. That's great. Um. Anyway, that's that's old leave news. It, leave it to Becky to find a spooky angle. <laughs> Please. We, this is what we need right now. Spooks and scares. And that's just it. You're partly obsessive, partly spooky. <laughs> yeah. 40% um, obsessive, 40% spooky, 20% body hair. <laughs> 20%. A significant portion. Uh, I'm. Who here is waxing or getting their hair cut? I'm, I considered a haircut today. I was like, now is the time to do a bold one. To get, to, you can't go to a hairdresser, though. Yeah, I have clippers at home. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is this is going to be fun. I I missed a haircut right before this all started. The, I got a Ooh. migraine fri- the Friday, literally the Friday before. And the, these split ends are going to haunt me till October or whenever we're yeah. released. This this will be like your 9/11 story. Oh gosh. You know, where were you when COVID hit? Well, I just missed my last haircut. Well, I lost one of my last days of freedom to a migraine that made me barf and see spots. So <laughs> oh I know it was bad. Um, oy, oy, oy. but, uh, how are, how are you doing? Doing okay. Doing okay. Um, sort of, uh, you know, I, I guess if we're charting the roller coaster of emotions, there was the immediate productivity. This is to bring out our listeners up to date. Yeah. I started with the extreme productivity and extreme hap- excitement, uh, at the new world. Yeah. Um, and then... A mere days in, I hit this wall of 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 uh, apathy, really, just de- lethargy and um, discouragement. Right. And uh, it's been a slow trudging climb out of that, but coming out of it. That's that's wonderful, and and I also find like it feels like across the board, things are happening emotionally very quickly. One day this, um, one day that. Yes, totally. Um, totally, we're really going through it. And I, okay, here's what I have done that's weird. Hit me. I, um, I dress, I put clothes on every day and I started to realize that I'm wearing my most tight and uncomfortable clothing for some reason. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, like a sense, I think it's a sense of like being held in, held together. Mm. Also decided that, you know, as a woman, sometimes you have to, you have to have shoes that aren't very comfortable, but I was like, this will be a perfect chance for me to break in all those shoes and give them like... <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. that 
Oh, Dan. The to-do list. The deep cuts on the to-do list. Dan, you just wait for where this is going. So <laughs> so I'm like, you know, because they say, you know, 20 minutes here and there. And I was like, I've never done this with some of these shoes. And then you, you go out to like a nice event and you've got blisters and it's horrible. So just break them in. Use this time. And mm-hmm. uh, so I did. And Dan, I think I broke a toe. Broke a toe? <laughs> yes. I don't know how. And I don't know which pair of shoes it was because I didn't notice until like a morning when I woke up and I was like, my foot really hurts. And there was like, it was bloody. And there's like a big bruise. Like it's, it's a little toe. So I can lose it. Yeah. I can lose it. Anyway. Um, yikes. Yeah. So I'm trying to also, so that felt like a good check-in of like, don't. Becky, can I just, just can I stop you for one second? Mm -hmm. You, sorry, you woke up and noticed this? Were you wearing the shoes in bed? (laughs) No, but very good question. Thank you, Dan. No, I have not hit that level. It's just like... Okay. At the end of the day, when you're doing this, it makes sense for your feet to hurt. In the morning, for them to hurt that much... It makes sense. It makes sense. I deserve a bloody, a bloody aching, bruised foot. It's time for bed. <laughs> okay, it doesn't make sense like I deserve it. I've gotten over that in my life. Actually, maybe I haven't, but it does make sense logically. And Dan, you don't, you don't know what it's like to walk around in women's shoes. This is normal. Okay, right. Foot, and then it was when, yeah, when it, it was when it didn't go away overnight. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. So I had a doctor's appointment anyway, which now is a phone call. Hmm. Um, I had to get my migraine medication uh, refilled. And um, she was like, anything else? And I was like, yeah, well, I think I broke a toe. Um, also, I love this doctor. She laughed at me a lot. Um, <laughs> and she was like, oh. And I was like, yeah, but it's not a big deal. Like, I'd come in and look see a podiatrist otherwise but it's fine and she went oh yeah yeah well he's our podiatrist is still seeing emergency cases um but this sounds okay you can buddy wrap it which means tape it to its friend next door and she was like oh Oh, buddy wrap it she's like but do call in if it looks like it's getting gangrenous oh my god we're not close to there it's like a tiny little thing and i i also clean my feet (laughs) so (laughs) yeah but gangrene is not about dirt is it not I know no, gang, it's like a gang, uh, the part that's bleeding is like a scratch. It's not like a bone is sticking out of me or anything. I believe gangrene is when blood flow stops to a part a part of the body. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna watch. Um, I'm watching out for that. Yeah, a darkness is a is a sign of gangrene. It's already the bruising is going down. It was very small, and it might just be a bruise or a sprained toe. I don't know what. I yeah. Mean. Well, also, uh, I have heard that uh, you can't do much for a broken toe. No, I've you can't. If buddy wrapping is basically all you can do. Yeah, I've broken. I've broken my little toes before, so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not your first rodeo. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I used to be in physical theater. We did a lot of, you know, weird movement stuff with no shoes on, and you break your little toes. I see. Yeah. I see. Um, but that. So that's 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 that. I thought I wanted to tell you about that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did see a tweet uh, go by um, early on, early on in this process where it was like, OK, now we're going to see all those meetings that could have just been an email. Uh, and that yeah. makes me think about doctor's appointments where it's like, yeah, can I always just phone my doctor? I'd like that. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, this is a, I, for a prescription thing, I would. And also now I think and I, I have not verified this, so I don't know where it's happening. But in some places across Canada, you can just get your prescription refilled at the pharmacy by the pharmacist without going to your doctor or even talking to your doctor. 
Right. I just found that out. That's sort of new in this time. Yeah. Um, and and they're letting prisoners out of jail. Yes. Yeah. The ones who are going to about to get out anyway. And this new category yeah. of prisoner that I just found out existed who are only in prison on the weekend. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with that. No, I wasn't either. They're, huh. they're weekend prisoners. The weekend prisoners. That does seem like a bad idea right now to just be moving back and forth. No. Yeah, no, just pick a side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, outside is like jail, so just stay out. Yeah. Um, I I wanted to um kind of circle back to uh, jogging. Oh no! I feel like I'm. I feel like uh, I am. Uh, I'm really. I'm really being identified as the guy who hates joggers now. Well, we can take it away from that. Okay. If but that... you want to circle back to jogging, and I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I can't change my chair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I certainly can't change it. I just wanted to cut that out. Like, me, squeak, <laughs> me squeaking around in my chair all the time. Um, okay, so uh, there's a few things about jogging. I, I definitely was identifying it with you. Um, so I can, I can work on that as a friend to stop doing that. But I... Uh, so two items. One... So... I do have to recap from last episode, Dan said he was developing a, a distaste for joggers and the way they kind of huff around all over you in this mm-hmm. time period. Um, so first of all, I ended up finding a fascinating article uh, from Vox from 2015 um, okay. by a, a man named Phil Edwards. Mm. And the, the headline is, when running for exercise was for weirdos. Now, okay. did you know that um, in the late 60s, uh, jogging was so weird that the police would arrest you or ticket you for doing it? Ticket you? Yes. And this happened to Senator Strom Thurmond. <laughs> okay. Um, it was, yeah, it was considered very fringe, very strange, and very scary to the people around. Um, also, apparently, it came from New Zealand. Really? Um, yeah, and overall, I would say I'll post a link to this article that regardless of how you feel about jogging, finding old articles like this that are well-researched about some subject, I'm finding very calming to read. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, also, our friend Rodrigo uh, F- Fernandez Stoll tweeted today about how mad he was at joggers, too. And um, since he did that, he and I have been in touch. He's going to be recording a song on the topic. Oh, yes. Excellent. And we're going to play that at the end of the episode. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, but uh, but you're not alone. Like, I don't think, I don't think you're 100% jogger hatred. Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like, you're not 100% compulsive. No. I'm like 60% jogger hatred. That's it. Yeah. And then the rest is? I'm 30% sunglasses. Oh, wow. (laughs) And I'm 10% worry. Yeah, right. (laughs) 10%. (laughs) Sure. Um. But it, I mean, it doesn't just have to be about you and joggers, though. I think I think there is something about adapting to be more considerate to each other that that is an important thing to be discussing right now. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, it, it's it really could fall under the umbrella of reading the room. And a jogger doesn't know how to read a room because they're not used to being in a room. That's right. They're outdoorsy. They're they're not used. They're so not used to being in a room that when they hear read a room, they think that doesn't apply to me. I'm not a room person. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I also, my blood appointment got canceled. Really? Yes. 
Oh, please expound. I don't know. They just are not seeing anyone at that location anymore. Okay. But suspicious. It is suspicious, but I'm still rescheduling for a different location because I think it's really important to give blood, but... Um, Do you think it's like a Spanish prisoner thing? Like you show up and they're like, there was never a blood clinic here. What's a Spanish prisoner? <laughs> it's a Steve Martin film? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, okay. It's like they a- just There's a scene where they go and they're like, there was an office here last week. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. But it's it's like things are starting to get more ominous. Yeah, that's not that's not a you know, I, I have not a pleasant sign. No, and I so I'm as far as the emotional check in like I'm feeling the weight of that stuff. I'm like I'm still trucking along. But um you know, I have a friend who can't get home from India. Oh boy. And she's fine. She's out in the sticks and so for now it's fine but it's just like india's closed their airspace and canadians cannot get out it's not Brother. possible yeah so so we're, was she visiting were they visiting uh she um she she yeah she like her her family's from there and she lives here and um they were there they were there they were they go for like a stretch here and there. She'll go for like a month and they have a home there. It's their home. Yeah. Um, so there's that situation, but it was like time to come back yesterday and the flight was cancelled. Like the flight was cancelled before yesterday, but Right. because um, I had a I had a friend uh who was who who also has roots there but was just I guess there for a period of time and made it it did make it back. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if maybe this maybe your friend was like, well, I have this flight booked. I'll wait for that day. Or like, I don't know who was booking emergency tickets, who can afford to change to emergency tickets. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't really want to speak for her. She did put a post on publicly on Instagram. So, I mean, she's there with her parents. Um, there's mobility issues, I think, attached to that. Uh, so it's right. not just a. She's, she's also one of the most responsible, thoughtful, and intelligent people I know. <laughs> so I d- just, you know, I yeah. think it's just it's just happened. It's actually happened to um, tens of thousands of Canadians in India. Or, yeah, something like that. Wow. Tens of thousands? Yeah. My there's, goodness. There's a huge relationship between these two countries. And, um, yeah. Anyway, but it's stuff like that. I, I'm not – it's just like I'm starting to – I don't. I don't want to. I, I don't think it's useful to get too far ahead of yourself. But it's like we're we're entering a different act of the film. Yes, exactly. It it, it does feel a bit weird to like. It, yeah, it, it, there's a, there's an anticipatory feeling, um, and it's weird to like record and be like we're in this emotional state, and then two days from now, you know, it's going to be worse. You just don't know in what way. Mm-hmm. And you know. If these fucking joggers could take that into consideration and not huff and puff all over everybody. And now you are the jogger, jogger hater, and I love that. The guy that I saw on the on the boardwalk who drove me insane, did I tell you about this? That he was, like, doing that fake fighting? Like, were you just punching <laughs> yes. the air? 
I really wished I was actually I was working out in my house at the moment I saw this. I wish I could have just stopped and grabbed my phone, but there was a guy <laughs> punching the air outside my window today what? that I wanted to film for you. And like, okay, and like, you know what? Fine. Go and punch the air. That's fine. But like, he was on the boardwalk at the lake where everybody walks just sort of at everybody and yeah we are like mere steps away from a beautiful beach and a beautiful grassy area with no one there yeah it's like it's like performative and spitty yes so yeah I, I just hope that he like yells to like his uh parent figure as he's leaving the house i'm gonna go punch the air <laughs> and you know like i think i just like that as like a description of your task for the day i'm gonna go fake fight at strangers yeah gonna be outside fake fighting bye like why it makes me want to i don't know eating a, a cold cut hanging out of his mouth <laughs> cold cut slurping down two hard-boiled eggs and putting on his yeah. cut off sweatshirt anyway <sighs> yeah i'm starting to feel i'm starting to feel the burn <laughs> wait meaning my last name <laughs> feel the burn that should be um a workout segment where we just play the sounds of you working out that feels like we're, <laughs> that feels like where we're gonna be at in a couple weeks right psychologically just yeah yep what do you do when you work out do you just grunt or do you say things um i certainly don't say things okay <laughs> <laughs> do you mean just like incantations like oh well, i guess i was picturing like a you got this. like power you can, <laughs> sustenance you can nutrition vigor yes yeah yes no that's not no. what you do oh, okay no um is there anything else you got or we should no i don't have anything else <laughs> I, i'm just trying to be respectful because i felt like i talked too much well i did a really great interview yesterday um with my friend and yours viviano caldinelli ah yes um, he's been through a real roller coaster lately, and also he's talented and interesting and fun. Wow, this that sounds good, and it's uh, it's I can't wait. Yeah. Okay. Here it is now. Great. Bye, Dan. Bye. Um, hello everybody. It's Becky, and I am very excited to be here uh, virtually, not in person. With my buddy Viviano Caldinelli. Viv, hi. Hi, Becky. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, well, good? I I say good, but that's sort of just like the correct answer. How are you? Yes. How are you actually doing? Under the circumstances, I'm good. Yeah. Ish. You know. You know. Yeah. I... We're, we're we're doing our things. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know. Absolutely. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what the actual frig? Yeah. Um, well, let's start by introducing you. Who are you? Like, um, what do you do? What do you like? How would you define yourself as a person? Okay. Um, who I am, I guess, if I had to pick one word professionally, I, would, I am a director. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do other things, but mainly I am a director. Um, direct TV and movies and other things. Um, I guess that pretty much sums me up in a sense. I, I tend to direct comedy, mm-hmm. you know, or dark comedy. Um, tiny bit of horror, I guess. I'm more a horror fan than a horror director, that's for sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, I guess I uh, like video games. I like sports. I like 
lots of stuff <laughs> that I can't think of right now. I don't know. I think I like more things that I don't. That makes sense. That seems I like you to like, me. Yeah. I like eating. I like, I like um, what else do I like? I like photography a lot. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a new hobby of, of sorts, like for the past few years now. Um, something I was just doing to kind of educate myself on, on lenses because on set I didn't know really much about cinematography and you know stops and you know wanted to improve my composition and stuff so I just started trying to teach myself photography and then I kind of fell in love with it oh I didn't know that was why that's great yeah 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 it feels like um, it's important to put the visual language in your head as much as possible if you're going to be working yeah. in it yeah Absolutely. And I just felt there was a disconnect when I was talking to cinematographers and stuff and I was asking way too many questions and I wasn't being productive. You know, it was more like, you know, things would have to stop so they could explain things to me. And I, and I, and I didn't like that. And I thought, well, I need to improve. You like to be productive. This is something I know about you. I try to. Yes, I try to. As of late, I haven't been. Yeah. But um, but yes, generally, I, I do try to optimize my time. And, so I, I don't want to I don't want to focus on this uh, for too long. But do you want to go? Mm -hmm. Do you want to kind of run down what you've been going through for the past like week, 10 days? Oh, yeah, sure. Just quickly. So I guess I took a trip. Um, I took a trip to L.A. Uh, for professional reasons and for the um, um, opening got... of his movie we'll talk about it at the end <laughs> oh yes and um so i got back geez i don't know what the date was that i got back i, I got back probably about two weeks ago a little bit less than two weeks ago um and then everything was fine you know um all of this uh you know covid coronavirus stuff was you know, it was there. It wasn't at the level it is now. And uh, I would say probably I started getting like symptoms uh, last Monday, late, late, late last Monday. I remember I was doing shopping. I was doing kind of my last kind of out, you know, going out and, and getting supplies, you know, for, you know, the just kind of sitting in an isolation and stuff. And wasn't feeling the best, but at the time, you know, you just don't, you don't really know. And I probably don't have it. Like, how can I have it? You know, kind of thing. And um, then Tuesday, Tuesday, I woke up kind of in a sweat, sore throat, you know, um, congested everything. And then um, I would say about midday Tuesday, around 11 noon or so, it just hit. And I never, I, I like, I was just out, um, incoherent, like fear dreams. Jesus, sweating like crazy. I've never sweat so much in my life. Like I went through four sets of clothes. It was like I would go into, like walking into the shower with their clothes on. Um, so at that point, it was just kind of panic. And then so I called Ontario like Health to see what you know, what I should do and stuff. I think that was just after the Trudeau press conference. Yeah, I can't remember. Stuff. So it was all just happening at the same time. Right. And then so, yeah, I just called. I didn't want to just show up. And I called my parents too, which are their physicians. and They have practice and stuff. Uh, um, and then um, so what I did was they told me to go in. 
they also told me to take it you know they said can you how can you get there can you walk there and i was like well i don't know i don't know if i have the energy but she's like well just take an uber and leave a, the window open or something like stick your head out the window like a dog yeah and i just like well that's not gonna fly and i don't want to get anyone else sick and yeah stuff so i just kind of mustered the strength and bundled up and um so after public health told me to go there um and then i actually called them as well to tell them that i'm coming in so that just in case they would they weren't prepared or whatever but they didn't seem to really there it was almost like why are you calling just come here and uh so i i made my way down there waited about an hour hour and a half or so and then i got tested and um they um i think the clincher was that i traveled yeah to the united states that was like i, I did check off, off all the other boxes but i think the travel thing i really like that checked them all so then i got tested and um they stuck a swab really far up my nose yeah people are reporting it's extremely unpleasant it, it unpleasant is is yeah that, that's a good word i remember he was just like what nostril and it's just like like the size of it it's just like does it matter <laughs> like just go and Jeez. i just close my eyes and yeah and like honestly like it hurt and it hurt so much and then he stuck it up so far and he just held it there for a bit and then stuck it up even further um like oh i felt like honestly poking my brain and uh um so then that's it and then they said wait 72 hours don't get the results so the results didn't come in 72 hours it, it, it took a little bit over a week um i was calling every day i would call you know ontario health and i'd wait you know online for about an hour hour and a half which actually isn't bad for you know how much pressure they're under and um, yeah not at all no 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 it was just kind of part of my routine and wake up have a coffee and you know call and you know just wait and um that was that and uh so yeah so then i found out i didn't have it thankfully i don't even know what i had i think i was just run down and busy and who knows and just kind of you know allergies i used to get sinusitis yeah well you i mean you do get sick from time to time right yeah yeah um i haven't had sinusitis in a while like it was more like a few years ago it's funny i used to get sinusitis a lot when i was coming back and forth to halifax all the time i think because i was flying so oh yeah it can be tough but so anyway but it took like how many days to get your results eight uh yeah right there yeah and i remember so we i reached out to you to be on this and i was like you know we don't want to just talk i think we certainly are moving on from wanting to talk about this all the time but like you kind of were like well if i'm positive i can also come on and talk about it to alleviate the stigma (laughs) <laughs> well fortunately unfortunately uh i can't talk about it because i didn't have it um at first i was kind of in a way hoping that if i had it because i have a feeling like well, a lot of us are going to get it and might as well just get it now and get it over with while you know i think you can be reinfected are... yeah i think you can um but also like the more i thought about it the more i was thinking like i just don't want my whole house to be infected and like right you know like what am i gonna touch something then it's still alive and then go out and infect somebody or something so there was that element too and then like i'm gonna have to just like completely disinfect my whole house and how long is that gonna take and you can never be sure and you'll always kind of it'll always be in the back of it. so thankfully i don't have it well and these are so. but these are really interesting thoughts to share and i also really like that your impulse was that you wanted to talk about it to alleviate stigma because that's something that we're going to have to be dealing with going forward 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that's so you that's know, I'm sure everyone, you know, people have different severity, like, you know, the severity of it will be a lot different from person to person. Yeah. But most know. of the people who get it, I mean, we don't want it spread. So that's why we need to stay home. But most of the people who get it won't have severe reactions. And like, we have to learn how as a society to deal with that, mm -hmm. <laughs> to deal with mm -hmm. people. And anyway, so that's that. I thought that would be interesting for people to sort of check in on. But let's just... But it's, it is funny, though, too, like with my family, like they would check in every day, obviously, multiple times a day. But like my brother came over to drop off some video games. And like, yeah, and my, my parents came over to drop off some supplies and stuff like that. And just like... The distance, like everyone is scared. Well, yeah, I came by to, you came by to drop off some stuff for you. So, yeah, yeah we had this yes, system where that. I like put everything in a bag and hung it on this, <laughs> like one of those newspaper hook things under the mailbox, and then like was like 20 feet away to talk to you. And it did feel yeah. like weird. It does. It does. You do feel like a, you know, like you're some kind of freak. Mm -hmm. um, you're sitting here, but you know, looking out my window, you wouldn't know that there's a pandemic. Like it, it's, it's like people are walking around like it's like it's no different. That intersection, like where I'm at, was like it's right by High Park. You would not know that there's something going on. It, traffic of like pedestrian and cars, like all the same. Yeah. Um, but I guess two people are just going to the park because that's probably the only place people feel like they can go and you know have the distance between other people and stuff so yeah um well i i also don't just want to talk about being sick i think we okay. i think we psychologically as a society that now? need to well we need to move on from it and i want to talk to you about who you are um and this sort of the notion of this podcast of hope because i consider you to be an extremely positive person i guess i am yeah <laughs> i try to be yeah um and i don't know how you how you relate to this notion? I mean, how do you feel about the future? Well, I think the positives out of this is definitely brings everybody together, which I do like. It's like sometimes when you have these big, you know, events, it definitely generally, you know, it, something like this brings people together, I feel, because we have to kind of function and take care of each other and stuff. And it's not like, I kind of think the last big thing probably was like of this scale was probably 9-11, which is kind of life-changing and what have you. Yeah. Um, that was a bit different because there was a quote-unquote enemy and people were blaming and it sparked a lot of racism and other things and stuff like that where this quite, you know, we don't have that. So well, I mean, it is sparking racism. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, yes, but... I, absolutely. But not not so direct. Yeah, know? and that it's more fringy uh, and, and sort of lunatic. Exactly, exactly. And, and uh, um, you know, and you could argue, you know, the, 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 anyways, the, the, the point is it's, uh, yeah, that, so there's that aspect to it. And, you know, we have to all kind of come together, kind of figure out solutions and stuff. And, people tend to be a lot more kind of helpful and neighborly and stuff. So I think that's good. That, that's always a positive. Well, I find, um, it, I find it interesting that you bring up community because another thing that I really associate you with is community. Um, the way that I've worked with you when you are directing and uh, directing on a show with a gigantic uh, crew, casting crew and writers and everything. And being at the helm, well, there's a showrunner and then they hire in directors, but like, being in charge of all of that machinery, I mean, human machinery is like, 
very community running. Yeah, you know, essentially, definitely. Pardon, like a lot of the job is just managing. Um, you know, whether it's you know creatively or you know personalities or you know just workflow and 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 stuff. Um, so I think that just comes part of that's just part of the job. And um, yeah, you know, you try to you try to be inclusive and collaborative as much as you can. Um, you know, and it always doesn't work out that way, you know, but <laughs> yeah. nonetheless, you try your best and that's that. And, you know, a lot of the times it's about taking high roads and stuff and what have you, or trying to see things from other people's perspectives. Um, you know. Um, yeah. And what's that balance for you? Cause a director is in charge and I'm, I'm interested in this notion of, I don't know, kind, benevolent leadership. And that's what a good director has to do, I think. Well, not necessarily. Yeah, that is one aspect of it. Definitely some people can have that approach. There's other approaches too, where there's just, you know, this, this dictatorship and it's non-communicative and, and they, you know, that's it. It's my way or the highway or what have you. Um, and I think, you know, different directors will argue there's different processes and different right. kind of approaches and which ones work the best. I think it just comes down to the individual and what is your kind of, what are your strengths and how do you utilize them to be a better director and to be, you know, and, and do what's best for the, uh, for whatever project you're on. And also sometimes just because you are a certain way you might be on a project where you kind of have to adapt and take on a different approach you know and, then, right. and that's happened too where it's just a little bit more okay well this is if you act this way they're just going to walk all over you and, and you can't so you got to be you know definitely a little more assertive that that really hasn't happened much i think it's only happened like i can think of like on one project and i was working with some pretty green uh um, people but um and that was like years and years and years ago. But, mm -hmm. you know, on the whole, I think once you've kind of established who you are and the kind of process you have, you tend to get hired because of that. So that's a good thing, you know, and um, yeah. But even that's, that's a very inclusive answer, which is wonderful. It's true. Like we have to support people regardless of how they operate. Well, not regardless. There are lines. But yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There are also but different processes. Yeah. Yeah, there there is. And you have to kind of attack things in different ways sometimes, you know. And and um I do feel that transparency is is key. Being okay with not knowing what the answer is sometimes. You know, and not always pretending that you have all the answers or you know exactly what's going on because I think people can tell. Yeah. You know, when you're full of shit, I certainly feel like I have that radar. You know, when someone's trying to talk about some kind of technical thing or something, and I know they just don't know. And if they just would say they don't know, we could get to the solution so much quicker. Uh, um, without, you know, it's just like, God forbid, 
someone you know figures out you don't know something about something like it doesn't mean anything other than you just don't know this seems like Like, really important stuff to talk about for the times that we're living in right now (laughs) it does really i don't know i absolutely think so that like yeah acknowledging that you don't know there's like and 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 also you know pretending in that way beyond just the basic practical like it's taking up too much time it, it also casts ripples of weird feelings yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I I think the desire to have absolute answers, which is very much what we're living in right now, isn't reasonable all the time. You need Mm. to be able to accept when someone doesn't have the right answer, like scientists are working on a vaccine. (laughs) We don't know everything. No. People need to be able to accept that as an answer. Yeah. And, and, you know, usually find it with like you know the higher people up are sometimes the more guarded and and it's not necessarily some coming from ego it's just insecurity too that if they show some kind of flaws that people are not going to listen to them or they won't be respected or something like that which is just not the case you know what i mean but it can be misinterpreted as ego or something like that and so sometimes it's trying to find that as well that's like what is this really about and then kind of being able to kind of, you know, offer a solution in a higher road sort of way without being confrontational. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people who can confidently tell me that they don't know something, I trust them more. Yeah, absolutely. You do. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Because you, you can relate because you don't know everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So obviously like. Well, because someone saying they know everything is just absolutely impossible. That's craziness. Yeah. Well, it's not necessarily just saying outright either that I know everything. It's just putting on that facade that, you know, they do and carrying on and there's going to be cracks and, you know, you're just going to be leading people down a road that you're not sure of. So it's just like, I think the always the best thing to do is just kind of in a leadership role is try to figure out what your weaknesses are, where the holes are in yourself and try to find the right people to fill in those holes and empower them to do that uh um you know and give credit where credit is due yeah. and very often i just you know it's it can be tough i think for some people because they don't realize it or what have you or they were you know dealt you know horribly as they were coming up yeah and now it's like well i never got that so why should i treat you like that kind of thing which is I don't think it happens as much anymore. I think people are getting wiser. But it's, still, it's in us. It's like ingrained. It is, unfortunately, as opposed to kind of, okay, let's break this cycle. It's kind of, well, now it's payback time. Or, you know? and, or let's and, consciously break the cycle, but we can't even know the ways in which we're doing it that are smaller. Yeah. Or that it's being yeah. done to us. It's, that's interesting. And again, like, I don't know, I was... I've been thinking a lot in this time period that it feels like there's some sort of like conscious spiritual shift happening in people. And by, mm-hmm. by that, I mean, like, you know, we're dealing with each other differently. We're, I'm getting messages from old friends and, and you're realizing who you really want to spend time with. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. And I think yeah. it just comes with age as well. You know, yeah. and I think we're all just, you know, collectively getting, tend to hang around people somewhat in your own age and for, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that gap is or what have you and um 
yeah, no, it's just you only have so much time, and God, how do I want to spend that time? Yeah, and this, this, you know? this, all this illness and shut it being shut in, I think, is really making us confront that on a larger scale as a society. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely, and also this, like you know, it's, I think it's more for the people that are shut in by themselves. Um, yeah, are have time to reflect, you know, because if you're not like you know. God, or you know, the people that are, are isolated with their children right now, or oh my gosh. children. Yeah, I don't like. Yeah, what they're going through must be just insane. I had a hangout um, last night, an online hangout with some um, some friends, and a bunch of them have small children, and they are they're tired. <laughs> it's a it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, and then small children, two parents working from home, mm. homeschooling. Yeah, it's. It's a lot. I was talking to someone uh, this morning. I had a phone meeting and they were saying, hey, I'm going to send them some stuff for them to review. And they're just like, they're home with two kids, both parents. But yeah, it's just like their entire day is just occupied with keeping them occupied and not like killing each other and entertained and, you know, and what have you. It's, geez. Yeah, that's that's really tough. Really, really tough. I really like the stuff I'm seeing out on the internet, though, that's like, if you're a parent, your only job now is to keep your kids alive. They can watch TV. Yeah. They can eat junk food. Like, none of this guilt. Don't worry about enriching their lives. Like, they, they don't need every moment to be magical. No. And, and no. it's like, all of a sudden, all the kids are being raised the way that we were in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> that's true. That's so true. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I would kill for this when I was a kid. Just all this time to play video games or watch TV. And yeah. Like, yeah. The only thing that they can't do is just go out until the streetlights come on because they can't go out. Um, no. What if I, I know that. So you said like you're a director, but you're also a great fan of the of film and television. Um, yeah. What have you been watching during all this time when you've been shut in so isolated? Oh, my gosh. Everything caught up in so much stuff. Um, I just finished Ozark both seasons, which was awesome. Uh, it's funny, I was putting it off for such a long time because I, I think Breaking Bad ended and then there was a couple of years and Ozark came out and I felt it was a bit similar. Right. So I just kind of dismissed it. Um, but yeah, I finally watched it. And man, was it good. Man, was it good. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't recommend it enough. And um Watch Tiger King. Oh, okay. I'm glad you brought this up <laughs> because Tiger King is what's like taking over the internet. It's all anyone's talking about. I have not watched it. The, the idea of it stresses me out. So Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I would love it's your ridiculous. synopsis and your review because I think people hoarding animals is not what I can take right now. No, it's a thing too where it's like, I was talking to a friend of mine. She was saying that like, you know, there's a line there where, you know, you're not supposed to keep exotic animals. They're exotic. They love, but these are people who not just cross the line with one exotic animal. They decided they're going to have as many as they can. You know what I mean? No, and and it's, it's so excessive and it's so ridiculous. These people all have, they all have such fucking issues. Yeah, there's got and, to be some sort of neediness if you think a wild oh, beast you, is your friend. Yeah, and, and there's just these like psychological like common denominators with all of them. Oh no. And uh, um, 
you know, it, it's just, I've never watched something where I've just hated everybody. Um, there's no one good in that thing. Really? It's, no, they're all awful. <laughs> That's shocking. All of them. That's, I... <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's not, um, some people try to chalk it up as kind of like white trash Cassavetes or something. It, well, is, it is not. That, that sentence just... stressed me out. <laughs> it, it, no it isn't uh um it's maybe a failed attempt at it but so i'm still lingering from some of my <coughs> issues oh no cough but, that's that's the kind of reality and verite we want here on the h word <laughs> please cough you just got your um, negative test but uh yeah it's it's really distressing um i did laugh a lot and, you know, it was entertaining on and, and some levels for sure. And I think it is, you know. You, is it got like, got a, is it got like a grizzly man kind of vibe? Yeah. Oof, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially Not... with a couple of them. Like, well, the main guy especially where you just, you can see it coming a mile away. It's not going to end well for him. And, um yeah, it's such a sad, sad story. And there's some real tragedy in it, too, without giving stuff away. Yeah, I've kind of heard a bit. I don't like spoilers, but in this case, I'm like, I'm so scared of this thing based on the little bits I've heard that I, and everyone's talking about it, that I kind of just want to, well, I don't want to spoiler stuff for listeners, but I, I don't care about knowing. Yeah, it's it's pretty tragic. Uh, it's really like, yeah, definitely. Well, I've been watching um, Cheers, Itor's been watching like old episodes of Cheers and I can't handle that. It's too stressful. Really? Why? Because Sam and Diane are so bad for each other. <laughs> and I don't want <laughs> I don't want them flirting. It's like I've become extremely sensitive to really? that kind of conflict. And I'm also like, oh my God, the episode where they I think the first time they sleep together, I've been in and out of watching them. Itor's been watching them more. He says right before they go home together, he's like, I want to punch you in the face. I just want to hit you. And he like punches the wall. And I was like, I hate this. And then I haven't watched Cheers in so long. Last so. night I tried to watch Tootsie, which I've never seen before. And that was awful. Really? I love Tootsie. Mm, I love watch it Tootsie. again with some 2020 eyes. And okay. There's some. Okay. There's, yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah. Sure. I, I mean, it's, I can see but it. But don't you have to kind of watch it? With a certain lens of forgiveness for the time it was made, do you understand? Yeah, I don't want to cancel it. It was just too stressful for me. Mm. Like, and I have, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe this is what drew me into being an actor is like, I really can empathize too much with the stuff I'm seeing. And I, th I see it well, as real. There's definitely that aspect to it. I can see about identifying things like too closely and really getting down, um, I, 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 from a technical standpoint, too, I remember there was this one part in Tootsie, there was a montage, and it was a good visual montage. Well, I'm, I'll know, try to get through the second half of it tonight. Uh, I think it's the beginning, but just about, I can't remember what the montage was about, but you really got across of oh. who he was and what the problem was and stuff, and it, it was really great. I think it's there's a sort of party scene where and Bill Murray's amazing in it, and Terry Garr's amazing in it. Yeah, Terry Garr's I think great Dustin too. Hoffman might be good too, but I hate him doing a woman's voice. Um, mm. And anyway, but it's like 
Bill Murray, it's, it's like this sort of party that dwindles out at their place. And he's just talking about acting and what he's like, what he wants. And he's like, I want, I don't want just regular paying theater people to watch my stuff. I want people to come in like they've just been in a rainstorm for two hours. I wish I could only perform to wet people. <laughs> like, but that, the writing is so perfect. And he's like, I don't like someone coming up to me after and show and saying that was great i like someone who finds me a week later and just looks at me and goes what happened <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's good i guess it's good yeah no it is good it is good definitely but i, I haven't seen it in years and years and years so maybe it is um due for a reviewing um definitely what uh what are you looking forward to now that you can go out i think just small things just going to the store is nice you know well, that's always a nice little treat. Uh, <laughs> right now, it's funny how these small things are just treats. Like I got to go yesterday, and it was it was lovely. And then, you know, the weather's pretty mild, you know, for this time of year too. So, um, yeah, this year yeah. feels backwards to me because I was in LA for February, so my February was like summer, and then the summer is going to be like winter because we're going to have to be like cozy at home in the summer i don't know don't you think we'll be allowed out by the summer i don't know oh i'm gonna go to the cottage I'm <laughs> right. but I, I am not gonna be in this fucking city yeah well let's, if that's the case i mean let's not talk future in that regard <laughs> because i don't know yeah people are gonna get sick of this and they're gonna be i don't know what's gonna happen it's fun right now but like it's nice to see all these changes, but I, I definitely see it going towards like roving, <laughs> roving gangs. And <laughs> yeah, I just like, I can think people are thinking like a couple of weeks and that's sustainable, you know, but yeah, once it, it people are going to start breaking rules and stuff. And well, I heard, we'll see. I heard on the CBC today that, that um, there have been no, no um, cars that have hit pedestrians at all since February. Wow. That's fantastic. But, the other side of the story is that the police have impounded way more cars than usual for what they were calling stunt driving. So people are just like, oh shit, driving really? fast or backwards on their motorcycles. I don't know what people are doing. Probably, but yeah. I was like, I'm this... sure, and just drag racing too, because I think that, yeah, you know, it's just yeah, there's... especially on the highway, there's nobody there. There's, so I mean, just the, I live right by the highway, and there's a pedestrian overpass. That's where we go for our walks. And yesterday there was no rush hour, so. Yeah, at night, it's got to be just empty. And I'm like, yeah, this is how we inch towards these sort of Mad Max vibes. And we, that I don't want. <laughs> I like yeah. I like a certain amount of relaxation of rules, but this, yeah. Um, do you feel hope? Yes. In what ways and about what? I just think this gives everybody a moment to reflect. You know, it, it is kind of forced reflection. And um, I, I hope that people are going to come out of this better, better priorities, kind of, you know, stronger, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, with some sort of meaning, meaning and purpose and what have you, and, and uh, just kind of rejig values of sorts. And hopefully people are, come out of this better, treating people better, you know? I, I don't know. Is that, is that even an answer? It totally <laughs> is an answer. In fact, I'm hearing that a lot, and that makes me really happy. The idea that this 
I mean, this is transformative, and that's what I mean also about a spiritual shift. Yeah, I think it like it, it takes stuff like this to kind of force change on a society or civilization or what have you. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. It's good, you know. How did you relate to the notion of hope before? Um, well, you know, it just kind of forces everyone to take a collective breath. Yeah. And, you know, everyone was just kind of scrambling before. I, I, I was in, like, you know, to be quite honest, like in a bit of a transition myself, especially over, like, the past three years, I would say, and just kind of finishing that and settling back down here and stuff. So just as this happened, I was kind of ready to kind of, you know, I was just about starting new again. And so it's kind of been a bit of a speed bump. Uh, um, you know, with that, but it's, um, it's still good because it's kind of, you know, like I said, kind of like forced reflection and on everybody else and they can, kind of, everyone can just take a collective breath and kind of everyone's going to come out of this, hopefully trying to put their best foot forward and, you know. Yeah. And this feels weird too, because especially watching what's happening down in the States, it's like, we have the choice here, so we could go through this pretty okay if we do all the, everything right. Yeah, and it's. I don't know about. I don't know about New York. Yeah, New York could be, could be in a lot of trouble. It's just it's so dense. But their government cares. They do. New York's government cares. California's government cares. All the governments, I guess, care to a certain extent for sure. It's just the federal government. Um, the federal government. It's just the people in charge. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know, you know, who knows? Like, I, I, I you know. I guess we have a chance maybe. for, like, the Emperor's new clothes moment. I, I That's the one thing, like, when you're talking about hope, I don't have much hope yeah. for. Because it always comes close, and everyone says, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and it, it just doesn't. Yeah. Like, so I just don't try to hope for anything. I just, if it happens, it happens. And that's great when it does. But um, as far as sitting here and hoping, I just don't think um, that is a good use of my energy. Yeah. Because um, I just you're you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah, but we but we can look at the movements. We can learn from them individually, and we can model the behavior that we want to have out there in the world. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. But like just getting all geared up. Well, this is the end of them. You know, I just don't think that's gonna. You know. I don't know, to invest, you know, hope into that. No. I just think it is, uh, you know, I'm not saying like I'm just, I'm not informed or reading or anything like that, but like as far as getting, you know, spending energy on, on you know, hoping and stuff, it's just uh, rather, you only have so much, you know, cubes of energy. You know yeah. who would be really cool for me to interview on this show? Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just thought of it. He'd be a great guest. You know what? He would. He would. Well, if he anyone out there knows Barack, um, <laughs> we'd love to have him. He probably doesn't even Derek. know that. He probably he probably doesn't even know he's welcome. No, you know. Well, we'll tweet at him. He's we'll if, see. I know he's I busy. He's busy. If he well, but you never know. If he has time, he would probably do it. 
would probably do it. Yeah, I can ask him about drone strikes. Anyway. Yeah, it, like, <laughs> it, look, you, you can only ask. Yeah, you're right. If you don't ask, what did <laughs> what did Wayne Gretzky say? If you don't reach out to Barack Obama, he's never going to come on your podcast. Yes, yeah. I really <laughs> think that was pretty uh, much Viv, it. where can people find your work? Um, they can find it on iTunes. Okay, say the name. They can look up Seven Stages to Achieve Eternal Bliss. And they can also uh, find it on Amazon Prime. And then, but you uh, post wonderful photos on your Instagram. What's that? Oh, Vivian, oh, one eye Viv. So it's it's Viviano spelt backwards. So it's uh, O-N-E-I-V-I-V. So it's one <laughs> I mean, I and Viv. We'll link it in. But if you were listening in your car and you pulled over and had time to put it in your phone, that's cool. <laughs> and um, you on Twitter? Same thing. Wonderful. Uh, or no, it's like it's sorry, it's Viviano on Twitter, V I V I E N O, which is an easier one to remember. Yes, definitely. Um, definitely. Viv, this has been a wonderful chat. Thank you so much for coming on my show. Thank you for having me, Becky. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, um, you this week, and then you know, Mr. Obama. Yes, right. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Becky. Okay, I'll bye. talk to you later, man. Bye bye. The H Word Podcast is happy to be part of the Shop family of productions. Follow the shop on Instagram at the underscore shop to. Artwork this week by Ian Phillips, and our theme music is always by Laura Barrett. Special thanks this week to Rodrigo Fernandez Stoll. For information on all our artists and guests, please follow us everywhere at the H Word Pod or sign up for our newsletter at thehwordpod.com. Never giving you space So close to my